Bizarre Things in the Bible, part one. Have you ever wondered what a couple of butt naked people talking to a snake and no. floating <laughs> boats and <laughs> pyramids Sorry. and talking donkeys and snakes biting people and weird bronze staffs and what's going on in our Bible? This is the I Read My Bible podcast. This is the uh, first of our new series on uh, bizarre things in our Bible. That's right. We are going to attack some of the uh, hard-to-read scriptures, uh, some of those things that you just kind of open your book and you're like, what did I just read? Um, and all seriousness, you know, uh, there's some there's some things in our Bible that might be a little bit hard for some to uh, deal with here in the 21st century. So uh, we're just going to kind of bring them to the fore and uh, talk about uh, a proper hermeneutic, how to interpret them and let them just let's just be okay with them. Mm. Uh, new into the studio today, we have Jason. Uh, I'm your host, Joshua Richardson. This is Jason Giesbrecht. Yes, Giesbrecht. Giesbrecht. Yeah. Not ushed. <laughs> That's a German, right? Or it's not a brush. It's not a brush. No. Giesbrecht. I'm just gonna go with the original Giesbrecht. All right. Right. Yeah, that's how so I was if raised. If being wrong, then you're <laughs> all good. I mean, I sat, I worked with a guy for three years who let me call him Bernie Gies Brick, and he was okay with it. Well, I, I got corrected. I got corrected in Germany. Uh, they told me how he's pronouncing my name wrong, so now I know the correct way. Apparently. And then your life has changed. Yes. It's kind of like uh, you know when Abraham <laughs> is called Abram or you know right. except totally Saul to Paul. totally not not same not okay <laughs> <laughs> um, so today we are going to be talking about uh, hard to read things you know there's some there are some really hard to read things though seriously in oh, our Bible I like mean crazy yeah you read about you know worldwide floods or maybe they're localized worldwide floods but uh i mean there's even passages where like in second kings where there's uh, bears come and eat like 45 children that's what it says or boys but apparently it's men not boys it's a little easier to understand or uh like and i, I never even coming and killing all the firstborn sons uh, like come on uh okay <laughs> sure yeah i mean i think it was dr michael heiser who said when we're looking at these kind of bizarre passages we're okay with the virgin birth. <laughs> like the virgin birth apparently is not hard to deal with, you know, but you know, these other passages, you know, with Nephilim and these kinds of things, you know, those ones definitely, we can't, we can't take them for what they're, it can't be that, what they're written they, they as. can't be those things, but virgin birth, totally fine. Yeah. Totally virgin, fine. virgin birth is fine. Jesus like, you know, floating around the dead, in clouds. Totally and, fine too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, just ascending on clouds, totally fine. Yeah. yeah, and one of the, I mean, at least one of the things that I've heard um, from people, you know, growing up in the church and just talking about um, these kinds of things is, um, they people have developed this. There's a there's a developed hermeneutic that says, you know, that the God of the Old Testament is different from the God of the New. You know, he's the God of the Old Testament is like this wrathful God that you know destroys people and sends bears to malls people, mall people, right? Yeah, yeah. But the guy in the New Testament is like gentle Jesus, you know? Right. Like like you Loving with a kind, with a beard and bear. you know he yeah, has long long, long flowing hair. Uh, <laughs> you always see him in those pictures, you know, with like a bunch of kids around he's like, him. Come to me. Yeah. Come hug me. <laughs> Which is totally not creepy, you know. <laughs> but it, yeah, but in the Old it, Testament, you know, like you see like lightning there, bolts but. coming from heaven and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. 
Um, <laughs> oh, what did you say? You don't even hear me. It's fine. <laughs> I can't hear you when you don't have your headphones on. Oh, at all? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I was, that was a bad joke. Oh, I can't okay. hear you when you don't have your headphones on. No, no, no. It, it was saying, <laughs> it was saying, um, I said, it's like, what, what, what did you say? Jesus was uh, like, it's really a, a good picture of him like with a bunch of kids. Same yeah. Time. It's like, put that on a white van and got something there. <laughs> just a, wasn't great. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, um, proper hermeneutic, though, is to actually understand that the God of the New Testament is not a new God. He's the, the same God as the Old Testament. Right. And, you know, I love how John 1 opens up and, you know, he just kind of ties um, this narrative that he's about to jump into about Jesus with um the beginning, right? In the beginning was the word was, and the word was with God and the word was God. And he was with him in the beginning. And then he talks about how Jesus was light and life and, um, gives him all these attributes that we see in Genesis with God, you know, speaking earth and, or speaking creation into, uh, into being and ordering it and how he's the one that brought about human life. And, um, the, the new Testament Jesus is actually very, uh, similar to the Old Testament, uh, Jesus or God, right? Because they are the same, right? right. That would be our developed uh, Trinitarian theology. But um, in the Old Testament, or, or sorry, Jesus also uh, kind of affirms this too. I like how like John, John brings in his witness of Jesus and um, makes this opening argument with this poem that copies Genesis or structured the same way as Genesis anyway. And it's because his whole gospel is centered on how uh, revealing Jesus divinity. Um, and to say that he's, he is God is to say that he's, you know, the same as, same as if Jesus is divine, he's the same divine uh, being that we see working through creation through the old Testament. Right. Um, he's not, you know, he's not opposed to himself. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny. Cause like, so I know so many people who have pointed the old Testament God with, Jesus, they, they just pointed them, pointed them against each other. And I know one guy in particular yeah. who he just could not accept the fact that the God of the Old Testament was, I guess in the Trinity, the same as Jesus, where he could not, he could not wrap his brain around that. Mm. And he rejected it and just reject, rejected Christianity and was like, it's not a God worth serving or following. And so I, I, I'm out. And this happened on way too many accounts because we just reject, uh, yeah, we see certain things and we go, if this is the way that God is, I don't, I can't accept that, right? right. But we like the other attributes or the, the other characteristics of him, right? right. But we just don't like his vengeful, his vengeful vengeance when he has and wrath. Right to be vengeful. Yeah. He's God. <laughs> so. But I mean, if there was, there'd be no need to be delivered from anything if there wasn't, you know, anyway. Right. Um, but then, you know, we also see um, Luke. Uh, I love in the, uh, Luke's uh, narrative, you know, at the end of his uh, first part of his uh, two-part series, Luke Acts, um, after Jesus is, uh, you know, he comes back, he's resurrected after his death, and he meets with the disciples and you have this, you know, this very famous uh, narrative of Jesus coming, and you know they they're almost not believing what they're seeing, right? Because right. they're still not quite understanding this God, this Jesus figure, yeah. right? So like, you know, he shows them the holes in his. Well, be good to see like this is the holes in his hands, right. and he eats and like they broil a fish for him side. or something, and yeah. you know he eats the fish to show that he's really there in the flesh, and. Jesus is, 
he kind of like gives him like this kind of like a snarky, you know, remark, you know, and he says, these are the words that I spoke to you, you know, that while I was with you, that everything written about me, uh, in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opens up their minds to understand scripture. So he kind of gives us like the way that I see it anyways, like this is kind of like this hermeneutical uh, key, this interpretive key. You want to learn how to interpret all of scripture, you know, looking at John kind of tying uh, God of the old Testament to Christ. And then Jesus says, well, the whole old Testament actually reveals me too. Right. Right. Like he kind of affirms what That's John what has already kind of done. So I see like them kind of both, these two scriptures are both kind of saying, yeah, if you've read the old Testament, you've seen me. Right. Right. So there, we don't, uh, you know, just to, not just to, I won't use that word, uh, uh, you know, don't pit the two against the other and try and compare them to see, you know, oh, this is this God and this is that God. They're actually the same. Um, and so scripture is working, you know, Jesus essentially is saying, you know, scripture is all pointing to me as cohesively uh, working together to reveal, uh, you know, my attributes and who I am and how I'm going to be the one that right. will redeem right. you and et cetera, right? Yeah. So from cover to cover, we have all these narratives. Um, and Brad, Brad and I spoke more in our first podcast. You know, we have these hermeneutical threads that are working through the Old Testament. Uh, we have these motifs. We see in Jesus, you know, he adds the law, the poems, uh, you know, wisdom literature. And everything is pointing to Jesus. So when we come across... Uh, Speaking of this, uh, we'll call it the Jesus hermeneutic, you know, where Jesus says everything <laughs> points to him. Um, when we're dealing with hard passages, uh, the approach then should be, you know, in light of, uh, you know, the, the New Testament and uh, this uh, revelation from Jesus or this word from Jesus, how can I take something that's hard maybe to stomach at first or seems a little strange? How can I just, you know, put my immediate emotional response aside and go, Hmm, could this possibly be pointing to Christ, right? Right. Yeah. So that's the, I mean, that's the, that's where we're going here is, um, so, uh, I'm thinking of, uh, this passage in the old Testament where, uh, Moses, you know, is leading the, uh, Israelites through the, through the desert. And there's this constant, uh, narrative of God does something for them. They're happy. <laughs> Right. And then they're grumbling. <laughs> right. Right. And we're hungry. I mean, we're exactly the same. Yeah. Like, it's like, God save me. And then we're saying, we're like, I don't need you. Yeah. It's, it's again and again and again. Go away. Why are you not here? Um, we have good coffee. We're happy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to Tim Hortons. But like, then we ah, want meat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, the, uh, you know, Moses is, Moses is uh, leading Israel right through the wilderness and this whole Exodus motif, it's one of these motifs again, that's pointing to Christ. Um, Jesus, when Jesus says the, you know, the ex the old Testament law and uh, the Torah, it's pointing to me. He's saying that this Exodus account that happens with Israel, that was revealing me. Um, and in this story, um, we're going to get to the weird part, which is the part that, um, I've heard some people have a hard time dealing with, which is like, apparently God using, I mean, this interpreted as sometimes God using witchcraft. Right. You know, right. well, didn't Moses lift, lift up like a bronze snake and people looked at it to be healed. Right. It's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, if you're going to reject anything, it's, it's up there. Yeah. 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 Um, so 
but just building up to that, right? Um, thinking about how the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus, and we want to try and, you know, approach this text. You know, uh, let let the text master us instead of you know mastering the text, saying, "Oh, this is something I don't want to deal with." Right, and, that, um, and that's huge. Yeah, it is huge. Yeah, let it sit over us. Uh, we can't just bring ourselves and sit in it and just say, hey, like... Or not sit in it, just or, say or no. Most <laughs> really like, it's, it's like, yeah, so they just tear it out. Yeah. That page doesn't mean anything. And I don't like that bronze one. Bronze snake? <laughs> yeah, what bronze snake? Yeah. It's not bronze snake. Yeah. Um, Chapter 21? I don't have that. I don't have that here. <laughs> it's crossed out. Yeah. But just blacked out, like, are those like, like, uh, government files? It must have been the passion translation. I'm <laughs> 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 oh, just kidding. I'll rewind that. <laughs> Um, so, okay. So Moses is Moses. Just, just give like a quick synopsis or like a, you know, a few main points of the Exodus, um, and how they're pointing to Christ. Um, you know, God puts, uh, Israel under the foot of the Egyptians so that he can redeem them and remove, rescue them from them. Right. Right. Um, and then Moses shows up as this, uh, deliverer figure, and he's also their intercessor, and he's pointing to Jesus as our uh, deliverer. Right. Um, he's one that's going to deliver us from our sin, right? And he also intercedes for us. Um, and then we have uh, this idea of God tabernacling with the Hebrews. Mm. Was that and, mean? And well, the, so the, so like, yeah, no, it's good. So like, yeah, yeah. God sets up this camp. He tells the, the Hebrews how to build this t- this uh, tabernacle, yeah. and it's going to be in the center of the camp, and they're going to be encamped around it. Right. Right. So the big picture here, just for like for time's sake, is that we're you know Jesus is going to come, and he's going to his presence is actually going to be like God incarnate with us, and his and that's a, he actually such walks. a beautiful 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 picture. I mean, like yeah. I mean, back to John again, right? right? And the word became flesh and dwelt among like, us. Come on, don't you want a tabernacle with God? Like that's the kind of what you yeah. want to do, right? So it's actually a really cool point in in John uh, in jo- in John's prologue when he's setting up uh, this prologue, which is giving you like the interpretive keys on how to read his witness of Jesus. The word that he uses, although the New Testament is written in Greek, it it it's the uh, it would be like the the closest interpretation from the Hebrew. He's like literally saying, and the word tabernacled among us. Yeah. It's like, he's like saying that the tabern, he's connecting, like, connecting ah. the incarnation of Christ <laughs> to the tabernacle. Yeah. It, it's really cool. And it should, like, it should hit us. I mean, read over that saying, eh, I'll just. Yeah. Like, we, it's we like one, it. one word or like two words together is just loaded. Any, or three words, whatever, any tabernacle, whatever. I don't mean Greek, right? But <laughs> however many words we, in we, Greek. We, we, we miss that. We, one we, sentence. We, we miss that and we look at Jesus wept and we're like, oh my gosh. And we miss this. It seems it's two yeah, words. And it's, it's, also, it's good. Um, uh, important. <laughs> so um, just to, to keep it moving, like, uh, so we have all these, you know, images, right? Uh, man in the wilderness is pointing to Christ. Like the, this manna is the, the, you know, this bread that God uh, gives Israel for subs- sustenance. And that points to Christ being like the sufficient one. Like he's the bread of life who will right. not just, you know, satisfy us for a small time. He's actually one that can give us eternal sustenance, sustenance right? Uh, yeah. Eternal life. Um, and there's obviously more imagery like we could, you could do 25 podcasts on it and never touch it. But, um, so that's kind of like the, some of these background themes that are working in, uh, the Exodus. And then we hear about this story in numbers where, uh, the Israelites are delivered and then immediately they like turn, <laughs> they turn back to grumbling. Like Moses draws water from a rock. 
they've had all this food, you know, given this sp- sp- uh, spiritual food or yeah. <laughs> spiritual food, yeah. heavenly cool. food. Some some uh, some uh, call people call food. it right. And then they go back to grumbling. God, why have you brought us out in the wilderness? We want you know we want food. If we'd have just been left in Egypt, right? Yeah. So so then we we deal. We get to this hard text where in Numbers where. Um, God actually like sends snakes to bite the Israelites and kill some of them. So I'm just going to read, uh, numbers, uh, 21, four to seven. Uh, so this is the, this is the text at hand here where some people might not want to read it, you know, rip it out of the, out of the, out of their Bibles. (laughs) Um, it says, so they set out from, uh, Mount Hor, uh, by the way, the Red Sea to go around to the land of Edom and the people became impatient because of the journey. Uh, the people spoke against God and Moses. Uh, citation, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this miserable food, <laughs> this heavenly food, but we loathe it. <laughs> um, Do we loathe Jesus sometimes? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Um, the Lord sent uh, verse six, the Lord sent fiery serpents, uh, among the people and they bit the people so that the people of Israel died. So the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned because we have spoken against the Lord and you intercede with the Lord that he may remove the serpents from us. And Moses interceded for the people. So, uh, and so what, what ends up happening is, is God gives Moses instructions to make this bronze snake and put it up on a staff and then hold it up. And then the, if the people, the idea is that if the people look at this staff that, and they fix their eyes on it, they gaze at it, that they'll be healed from their snake bites and right. they won't die. And, uh, this is the, this is the passage where people are like, Oh, I don't know if I can deal with this. Like this, so the two, there's two big things that I think, uh, I've heard the most are like, why would God send servants to kill his own people? Like, <laughs> okay, valid question. Would a good God like, do that? Like, right? like really valid question. If you didn't ask that question, something would probably be wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's an answer, but if you'd ask that question, definitely. And then the second one is, what is this weird thing of like God using a serpent on a staff to heal people? <laughs> right. Is this? I mean, there's a whole denomination that com- that, that comes from that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Another part of the world where they do healings with snakes and it's a whole thing around snakes and it's like super yeah weird here weird snake hermeneutics we'll call it (laughs) (laughs) but seriously though like uh you know if we don't again if we don't let scripture master us we can either you know run from it uh, not want to accept it or completely make it something that it's not supposed to be and you know that's where we get whole churches that are handling snakes because well, they're also taking that, you know, the passage, I think it's from Luke, I think, where he says, I'll give you power to uh, trample right. on serpents, or whatever, and they will not bite you. Which is you like or, almost more dangerous than just walking away, is leading people astray. Yeah, astray oh, for sure, yeah. So, and then you got, you know, pastors that are getting bit by snakes and falling off the stage because of the venom and, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, in the, in the ancient Near East... Um, you know, s- snakes also have all kinds of different types of uh, symbolism. You know, in, in some some regions in ancient, ancient Near East, they were used to ward off snake bites because you know there's some kind of uh, they're they're used as a fertility symbol um, quite often. Um, but in the Hebrew thinking, you know, the image of a snake was closely tied with uh, sin and the fall, right? The, the original right, curse right, in Genesis. Right. Um, we know where this 
uh, it has to be kind of envisioned as we're going forward is that Hebrew understanding of it. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, looking at the snake, it, it seems, uh, weird, but there's something important to note. And that's, um, whenever we see the power of God, the power does not lie in the object or the person, right? It's in the, it's in the person behind it. Right. 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 So, I mean, a, a bad hermeneutic would be to say, you know, if I put a snake up on a staff, now I can somehow heal people, right? right. But there's or, no power or, or in the staff. Or be healed. Yeah. 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 I mean, and we even see this conflict with Moses, you know, uh, disobeying <laughs> God sometimes with his staff. Um, so, yeah, if, I, if I set this bush on fire, God will speak to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> what did you say it again? If, if uh, I said, if I set this bush on fire, God will come speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's, uh, yeah. Bad hermeneutic. Yeah. Bad hermeneutic. Um, if, uh, in the, we have, uh, we have some other, other texts speaking towards us. Um, wisdom of Solomon, you know, it says in uh, wisdom of Solomon 16, six to eight, it says they were, uh, and this is, uh, the author speaking of this, uh, narrative that, um, is, is happening in numbers. He says they were troubled for a little while as a warning. And this is speaking of, the trouble that came from uh, God setting snakes to bite them, uh, venomous snakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they received a symbol to remind them of your law's command for the one who turned toward it was saved, not by the thing that was beheld, but by you, the savior of all. And, it, and by this also you convinced your enemies that is you deliver who deliver from every evil. So the, this old Testament uh, or this Old Testament priest gives us like the interpretation of the snakes, like right here, or they, or what's going on right with Moses and the staff. Right. Um, God's, <laughs> I mean, this is the pattern of the Exodus. They grumble, so God like <laughs> punishes them again to keep them turning to Him. Like, right, <laughs> right, and then and Aaron, we're and we're not we're not different. No, no different at all. No. I mean, and and I'm okay with that. Like, what I see, like some some stuff going on in my life and I'm like, oh, why is this happening? The answer is not, God, why are you doing this? It's, God, why are you doing this? I should pay attention, right? Right. Like sometimes well, I, we I cry mean, out, we, but we, we don't actually want to know. You watch any like modern show, <laughs> anybody lying on, on their death on their deathbed sitting there and they're like, I'll totally turn to you and everything. And, about it and they're like, screw you. It's like, it's it's this common, common yeah. motive, right? Yeah. Uh, for our culture and days, so. Yeah. And, and big picture, actually, big picture for, um, uh, just like for this big salvation uh, story of God. And that just kind of also points towards the fact that we actually can't, we can't save ourselves. Like we're so, (laughs) we're so lost in sin. What's your venomous snake? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're so lost in sin that we need someone to come and save us from the outside because there's nothing that we can do of ourselves to save us. I mean, we can't, I mean, if I would, I would, some people say if I was just, one of those people that met with Jesus, I would have never done this, or I can't. You, I don't know if you were. I was like, the yeah, first have, time I read the Exodus, I'm like, "What's wrong uh, with you, you guys?" Uh, was it Peter? Who? Uh, yeah, Peter. Who was, was like denied Jesus two times? It's like, I mean, it's not true. Yeah. It's just like if you think that, it's just not true. It's, it's just uh, not true. I mean, the whole testament or the whole the whole Bible attests to the fact that we need Jesus, and that, and uh, that we constantly grumble and, and turn away and criticize yeah. him and hate him all the time. So, and like the uh, like the Israelites, God will do anything. Like I think this. Uh, I mean, if you want to just look at God sending snakes to bite um, 
to bite Israel, to cause them to turn to him for the antidote. Like God will do anything to get our attention. Well, I mean, like if you look, if you look at like, a very practical note, like right now, the Canada, the Coquihalla in the floods in BC, it broke in half and the railroad broke in half. And that's like the, I know. That's, that's like Canada's vital organ. And God's saying, nope, uh, <laughs> turn to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so I think it's so practical. Um, <laughs> I mean, Paul, right. His thorn in the flesh, like God, God gave him something to keep him humble. Right. right. Um, right. Uh, so I love in the Side note, kidney stones. <laughs> <laughs> I love how the new Testament, like Jesus, uh, Again, Jesus, we're getting our hermeneutic from this, from like, from Jesus, which is what I like. Cause we're like, it's mm-hmm. not like this is how we're approaching the Bible cause we want to. It's like, Jesus tells us to approach like, scripture Jesus this way. talking about me. Yeah. The okay. whole, everything cool, in scripture thanks. talks for me. Filter your book through me. Right. 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 <laughs> um, so he meets another classic scene, you know, Jesus meets with Nicodemus at night and, uh, Nicodemus is, you know, this powerful, uh, leader in Israel who should know how to read his Bible. And, um, he, he meets with, podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Jesus <laughs> secretly like meets with Nicodemus, right? And he's explaining to him, this is the, the narrative where he's telling him like, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. And Nicodemus is like looking at him like that. It's another one of those weird things in the Bible. Like what? I gotta be born again. Cause he's like, yeah, even he's not we, getting it. We, we accept that all the time too. It's like, Oh yeah, be born again. Totally <laughs> yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. And this is, this is where Jesus gives like this, like really snarky response to him because he's not getting what he's saying. And he's like, are you a teacher of Israel? <laughs> and you don't understand these things. And then he goes on, uh, he goes on to say, we'll just, we'll just go down to to verse 14, for the sake of time, you know, he says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the son of man must be lifted up so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. I mean, could you imagine like mm-hmm. the day that Jesus was like going through the old Testament, he was going through the Pentateuch or the Torah, whatever you want to call it, if you're Jewish or whatever, or a Gentile boy. And he reads this passage of like God lifting up the staff and the Israelite turning to him and he's like, Oh, that's me. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, we, we can never understand how Jesus like fully understood who he was because of this whole God, fully God, fully man thing. Yeah. That's like a- another thing. Just totally reading, oh, just that's going to be me one day. Like, I'm going like, to be lifted like, up. You know? think, that's another thing we don't think about at all. Yeah. Fully God, fully man. Okay. Yeah. Weird. Right. <laughs> um, Questions you should ask, but like, bam, like right there, like if you want to talk about a, a hermeneutical uh, slap in the face to like how to approach some like a weird a weird thing like this, um, you know Jesus says everything's pointing to him, and he's like standing in front of Nicodemus, and he's like I am standing here like right in front of you, like I'm the one that's going to achieve salvation. I'm going to be lifted up. Right. Oh, it's it's right? it's, it's almost like, like his snarky <laughs> comment. It's like. This is a terrible example. I might actually re- rewind this, but uh, it's almost like, like 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 if God came back right now and talked to the Pope and was like, "Have you studied the Bible?" Like 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 just like <laughs> like, like like did the, you say the Pope? The Pope, like somebody <laughs> that's like supposed to be this like world like world looks yeah. like the authority yeah. of the Bible. Oh, yeah, I see. Like, yeah, it's a good Have contrast. You the yeah. Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's like like that. Like yeah, you wouldn't say that. And so I think it's funny that uh, yeah, and Jesus any, said he was never scared to say that stuff either. Yeah. Ever. I should have jumped over the context that he, earlier because he does say, you know, he's talking about how, you know, Nicodemus believes on earthly things and, 
you know, how do you understand heavenly things? You know, when you're someone from earth, you know, you need to know someone that's ascended and descended, essentially saying, I've come from heaven. I know of these things. Right. And then, you know, talks about this staff in the wilderness. And then he says, so that whoever believes in whoever believes will in him have eternal life. And the, in him is it's him. Right. Um, so he totally like illuminates, uh, everything we've been saying. Um, you know, how the lifting up on this pole is totally pointing to Jesus and that he's going to be lifted up on the cross and that all who like fix their gaze on him will have eternal life. Right. Um, so yeah, that's the, uh, that's the hermeneutic for the day. Listen, if you've enjoyed this podcast, go down below if you're on YouTube and, uh, click subscribe. And if you want to listen to us, we're also on Apple podcast and Podbean. And if you'd like to leave a coffee tip, there's a link down below, uh, ko You can leave us a coffee tip. There. Please do. Yeah, Jason and I, uh, we like coffee. Uh, Surprisingly, <laughs> we only had one cup today. Uh, but last time we were together, we had four, five? <laughs> Ethiopia. I think I was awake till 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys, this has been a first of Bizarre Things My Bible and I Read My Bible. We'll catch you on the next one.